Strong and proud, we see Mr. America, looking two decades younger than we have ever seen him before. He is standing behind a podium overlooking a large crowd in the middle of Halcyon City, and by his side is his partner, the Gadgeteer, who is this large, alienoid creature completely covered in a full black suit with these massive red goggles covering his eyes. Mr. America taps the mic and he says, Citizens, rest assured all is well. General Nuclear and the Waste Gang have been apprehended and they are now being placed in the prison where they belong and shall remain for a long, long time. Now, the damage that was dealt to the city's infrastructure is a terrible one. And I'd love to take this opportunity to announce a new and exciting business venture of mine to provide insurance to those who find themselves in tough times due to the villains and the, and the troubles they cause. And then we see the gadgeteer look down at a device on his wrist and then he places a hand on Mr. America's shoulder and whispers something in his ear. Now? Oh, God. Uh, all right. Uh, just, uh, just, hey, just, just take it from here and, and I'll, I'll see you there later. All right? Thanks, bud. And then he looks off and away and takes off. front of the Triple H Hospital, Mr. America rushes in and continues on, guided by nurses and doctors pointing him, telling him where to go. He never breaks his steady pace until he comes to a door and just completely halts. Looking in, he sees standing beside a bed, Elton Overman, and in the bed is a vein. And in Evane's arms is a newborn baby holding tightly to her finger, not making a sound. Mr. America hesitates, and then he takes a step forward, and another step. Oh, wow. Son, he's beautiful. What's his, uh... What's his name? Well, Dad, it is with great pleasure I introduce you to Doug Overman. Doug, say hi to your grandpa. And Doug Overman reaches his tiny hands outward and he grips onto Mr. America's ring finger with immense supernatural strength. Well, uh, he's an Overman, all right. And Mr. America smiles so wide, so proud. Doug, you sped off 
after your father who never seemed to slow down and he was just always out of reach and it takes you quite a quite a while I think to make that flight uh, maybe about three hours so it's kind of around seven ish eight ish a.m. in the morning when you feel yourself land back in Halcyon City and you land next to your father in front of Halcyon City's Hospital for Heroes or more commonly referred to as the Triple H and okay. <laughs> is that a wrestler? Did I just say a wrestler? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Cam will know. Yeah. Cam knows about wrestling boys. Um, uh, one thing that I think that Doug would notice uh, being being back in Halcyon City is that even though this city is kept really clean with its go green initiatives and whatnot, you can still feel a, just kind of a difference in the air quality compared to being in the small town in North Carolina where you were. Um, oh, yeah. I suppose having spent some time there, the fresh air, and then coming back. Yeah, absolutely. I think he would kind of notice a different smell to the air, especially since um, I unlocked the rest of my super suite, and one of those is super senses. So, mm. yeah, I didn't have that before. Also, I have laser eyes, which no one in my family ever had. Uh, we made that cannon, so that I'm special. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no but, big deal. <laughs> no big deal, Dad. <laughs> yeah, um. I, I got. Let me warm up that burrito. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with your your super senses, your super smelling, you can just kind of just smell just city. Yeah, How, is that is that a good thing to Doug or is that a bad? You thing? know, I don't think he likes it. I think. Um, I think he pro- well, he probably never noticed it before. I mean, once you when you live there, you get used to it. Uh, but coming back, not only from the fresh fresh air of the small town, but coming back with some sense, super senses. I think, yeah, I think almost he's he's almost inclined to like put his like sleeve over his mouth. But I don't think he does. But he's kind of, it maybe it's the circumstance that sort of puts him on edge as it is. Uh, so I think he's really. I think it's adding to his his anxiety, his his confusion, his uncomfortable feeling that he just has right now. Um, mm-hmm. He's not a happy boy. Yeah. Doug, your father, Mister Elton Overman, he looks over and he sees not a happy boy. Oh, uh, Doug. Dad, what's dang, but I'm I'm sorry. I didn't even realize you were you were flying up behind me. I. Yeah, you, you didn't slow down. At, what's going? What's going on with Grandpa? What? Why are we at the hospital? The Triple H. I. I why are we at I, the? I, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. The, no, don't. <laughs> no, Doug. That takes me back to the. You used to say it all the time as a kid. Yeah. And you thought it was funny then. You still think it's funny now. And <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> God damn it! I'm sorry. I know it's coming. I know something's coming, and I'm just. Not, I'm not ready to be there. You're fine, Doug. I, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, the gadgeteer, he just called me and he said, uh, he, he said your granddad was here in the hospital. And at saying that, he starts to walk across the street, and you're walking with him. And he says, he was at a, he was at a fundraiser, and I guess he just collapsed, just something. But what? I, yeah, I, I don't know. That, He's, just, <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. We, we were invincible, right? Like that. Okay, let's, there's got to be some sort of confusion. Let's, I don't know, maybe he's got like some weird surprise for us, Dad. That's, come on, he's fine, right? 
I don't know, man. In the gadgeteer's voice, it sounded... He sounded pretty bad. I don't think he would prank me about this, and... I, I hope it's a... I hope it's a prank. I hope this is Ashton Kutcher. It's... Oh, boy, that's not even a reference anymore, Dad. Let's... Why don't we just go figure it out, huh? Do you love that show when you were a kid? Yeah, like a million years ago. Dad, come on. All right. And... You... You cross across the street and the Triple H door, you are standing at the the right entrance. You walk in and immediately, I think you notice just how pristine it is. Just that heavy wave of the smell of disinfectant just fills your nose. Yeah. Um, and you look around and you see off to your left uh, a few supers actually with injuries in the waiting room. Uh, some of them look you know more severe than others. And directly across from you you see someone sitting behind a desk and they look up from a sheet of paper and they go uh <clears throat> brian manly brian is is there a manly brian here and you see a man sitting off in the corner hunched he's reading a magazine he kind of shakily starts to stand up Jesus. and you see him pushing himself up straight with his hands pressed on his knees and he oh he almost gets it and then oh he slumps over. He can't straighten that back up. And uh, he, he just starts kind of cussing. And then he starts hobbling over to where the uh, where a nurse is waiting for him by a door. Oh, I guess uh, I guess I owe you an apology, Dad, then. He really did fuck up his back, didn't he? I'm sorry. Uh, messed yeah, up his he, back. he did. Oh, he, you're all right. I, I, think, I think you're old enough to, uh, you know, one cuss a day. One, one cuss an episode. Gotcha. Yeah, one cuss an episode. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, let's let's go over there and uh, see what's going on. Yeah. And you you see your father start towards the desk, but um, coming from around a corner, you see a man who who looks right at your dad. He's wearing the surgical mask, and then he's got the little gown, uh, and then the the cap like traditional surgeon gear. And uh, he yeah, so he sees your dad, and he he raises his hand over, he waves him over to you. And um, and y'all begin walking down a corridor and you step into an elevator and it shuts. What's what's sort of, what's what's going on in Doug's head right now? Like how what's what's up? I think um, that's a great question, Cameron. I think he I don't think he believes that his grandpa's sick because <laughs> what? What? No, no. Mr. America doesn't get sick. He doesn't get hurt. So he's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but the fact that his dad is really, really shaken is really bothering him. And he did just see Manly Brian, who supposedly is invincible, but he's got a bum back. So he thought it was just like a story that his dad told. But gee dang, there he is, right? Um, yeah, can't, even bring in, can't even bring in the groceries. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think, honestly, in his head, it's just like... Grandpa's gonna be okay. I know he's gonna be okay. He's he's Mister America. He's he's my grandpa. So, uh, this is I don't know. Did I forget my dad's birthday? Is this a thing? Oh my god! I'm so screwed if I forgot my dad's birthday. And he's just sort of like trying to come up with other <laughs> reasons that this would be happening. That we're that we're being called here. You know. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of fucked up to think that his grandpa would you know fake sickness to get us to come visit him but i don't know 
yeah, as as your brain is just going through all of those just coping mechanisms, I think is the best way to describe it. The elevator door opens up and that guy extends his hands out for you to walk out and then he begins walking down the hall and you're passing down this long walkway and most of the doors are open and looking into them as you pass you see people from all ages um, just lying in bed some of them have family members there with them some of them are laying there alone uh, just lit by a TV some of them have have nurses in there who are helping them you know get get ready for bed or, or giving them a bath because they can't get up and do it themselves and then you come to room 314B and you walk in and you see lying motionless on the bed is your grandfather and I think that for Doug you're you're so used to seeing him you know in all of his glory that I think that you notice just how pale he is and for the first time in forever for Doug Mr. America just looks average and he is just hooked up to a myriad of machines and things are, are beeping and buzzing and yeah. What is my dad doing? Your dad I think he just kind of catches at, at the door and he doesn't totally walk in yet. He's just kind of hanging there for a moment um, and he looks he looks over to you and he, he immediately just inhales and tries to put on a straight face, straighten up his back and he walks in there uh, and stands right over Mr. America and just places a hand on his shoulder. Yeah, I think I, 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 I was I think Doug does the same thing. He, uh, to see him like that yeah, what I mean, every training session we've had, every interaction, he's you know he's standing tall, his chest is out, he's proud, he's you know strong. This is not something he's probably ever really seen weakness in an overman, especially Mister America. I think I think Doug would follow his dad after a moment. Maybe his dad gets to the bed, and then Doug comes in as well and stands next to his dad, um, probably around like by his feet kind of um, his grandpa's feet kind of thing yeah is he is is he awake no he's not awake he's not moving he has a breathing tube stuck down his throat and he has IVs in his arm uh, and he's propped up on a chair um, or you know like slightly elevated yeah. on the, the hospital bed um, uh, is the is that surgeon the doctor is he in the room as well yes he's standing uh, near the door and as you're looking down at your grandfather you see from off in the corner a flash of light and then a click and when you look over for the source you see that man the surgeon he pulls down his mask and Doug 
he is immediately recognizable to you because you met him just a few short days ago. You see the man called Shifty. And now that the mask is pulled down, you see a smile. And in his hands, he's holding a camera. And he says, Supro, uh, he wanted a picture of your face when you saw Mr. America. And I must thank both of you because you have been phenomenal models. I got the perfect picture in the first shot. And then I fly towards him and I want to grab him by the neck and slam him against the wall. Give me a directly engage a threat roll. What the fuck, Cameron? Uh, directly engage a threat. That's plus danger. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Dad. Minus one in danger. So that is a... Well, that's a seven. <laughs> Constantly. Uh, eight. That's an eight. All right. So with an eight, you get to pick one from the list. Um, I will... I want to uh, surprise or frighten the opposition. All right. Um... Yeah, describe this to me. How, how does it play out? I think when so he takes down the mask, and it's kind of that that thing in in, in in movies where like the camera zooms in on the character, and like he has that realization where his face kind of drops, and the camera like zooms in on his face, and that's exactly what happens. Doug almost gets tunnel vision as he sees this guy shifty, and he's smirking and smiling, and then he's kind of I don't even think he he hears him. He just knows that guy works for Supros. He basically burned down my school. What the hell? And I think just all I hear is kind of the Charlie Brown thing going on. And I think he just, just like in slow motion, just like crouches down and just flies at him, grabs him by the neck and slams up against the wall. I think when you slam him up against the wall, the force is so hard that you are pushed through the wall and you come into the walkway in in this building and you see a nurse who is walking that way she it you almost hit her as you crash down onto the floor and looking down at shifty he just starts laughing what what is going on what are you doing here what'd you do to my grandpa well uh little overman um i i believe i believe supero has a a score he would like to settle with you. And then he starts to laugh. And as he's laughing, he's wavering. And then you feel yourself collapse down onto the ground as Shifty does what Shifty does. He just phases out and he's gone. And your dad peering through that hole, Doug, what, what's going on? And I think just as, as he phases out, I think he, like... Doug is doing just as I'm doing right now, thinking, scrambling, how how do I stop this guy? And there's no way to do it. He just leaves. And I think he's got him by the shirt on the ground as 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 shifty phases out or whatever his power is. Um, you know, he kind of looks at his hands and then he looks at the ground back and forth, and then I think he just he just yells, just motherfucker! And he just slams the ground and just fists into the marble. And I think he just starts to cry a little bit. As you're punching into the ground, your dad's hand, you feel it on your shoulder. Doug, 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 hey, calm down, calm down. What's what's going on, bud? Uh, uh, 
Dead, I'm I'm pretty sure Supros did this. Um Supro, what the hell? That, he's in prison. He he's I got, locked him up forever ago. He's got He's got guys out. Dad, I don't know. I'm going to walk back into the room and go by Mr. America and just grab his hand and, like, grab him with both hands and just squeeze it. And Grandpa, Grandpa, you got to be awake, right? This is, you can't be sick, Grandpa. You don't hear anything. You're looking at his face. It, It almost looks just like he's not even breathing but you do hear the steady beat of the machine that he's hooked up to and you see your dad walk back into the room and he's holding his cell phone and he says this is fucking insane I I locked this guy up forever ago why, why is he doing this now I, I, what kind of fucking grudge is this Doug I hold on and he looks up at you Looks back down at his phone. Looks like a, looks like Supro escaped from prison last night. Um, all right. And the phone that he's holding in his hand, he's shaking, and you see another finger come up that's shaking. And he, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a call out to everybody. Tr- just try and get a beat on his location. Uh, woof. what the, f- why? Where, what, would, would the gadgeteer be able to help? Where, where is he at? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, yeah. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a call. Just, just give me a minute. And he just kind of hangs by the door, and you hear him on the phone, uh, just talking for a little bit. Um, I think Doug kind of looks at him a little bit, or for a while. Um, and then he turns back to his grandpa, and he, uh, he's looking down at him, and then t- tears just fill his eyes. He grabs his hands again, and gets down on his knees next to the bed and he's just like holding his hand he says grandpa I th- <laughs> you're gonna get out of this I'll, I'll, I'm gonna help you I promise that grandpa I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry that this happened to you I don't I'm gonna help you okay I dad dad and I we're gonna figure this out all right we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get you out of it I I, I don't understand why super why would he do this how? How can he do this to you? You're, you're Mr. America. I don't... We're going to figure this out. I promise. Doug, with you leaning down on the side of the bed, you notice, as you're saying this and looking to him, that there is a small lump under the pillow that he is laying on. And when you reach out and you grab it, you see that it is an old flip phone. And when you flip it open, you see that same S logo that you saw on the bomb just a couple of days ago. But that S was was like a, a crude version of Super O sign, right? Yeah, it was just like a hand-drawn marker, drawn sign. And yeah, so that, that had Supra's logo on it. Uh, the bomb did. Right. Am I am I seeing the official logo or am I seeing the sort of crude yeah. logo? Okay. Yeah, you're seeing that, that official logo. And that logo fades. And then 
a couple numbers pop up and you see it says four hours and then it says three hours, 59 minutes, 59 seconds. And then flashing on the screen, the entire time that that's counting down, every time a second ticks, you see the word antidote come up and then it blinks out and then it blinks back in. Dad? Dad? Hey, uh, hold, hold on, get you to I, I found I found something. Uh, what is it, bud? And I kind of hold the phone out to him. This this was underneath Grandpa's pillow. It had Supro's logo on it, and now it's... Well, well, look. Okay, all right. So, this is this is something he would do. He 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 plays he play he plays games like this. This is this is a game. I, this, <laughs> all right. This is not a game, Dad. Uh, son, I I know it's not. And listen, I, I Gadgeteer just put out a call to practically everybody in the city. And uh, I, I, I got a notification that we got two supers coming coming down here. Uh, they've they've got some information. And as he says that, bursting into the room, one <laughs> just jumping through this hole that was made, <laughs> and you see the one that jumps through the hole is a superhero who's very familiar to you because they went to school with you in Halcyon City. This person is a blonde girl with a French braided pigtail, like two pigtails on the side, and she's wearing a tight, sparkling pink spandex suit. This is Brittany the Beam. (laughs) And she stretches her arms out, which causes her jelly band wrist to wiggle. She goes, Dougie, oh my God. Like, I'm like so sorry to hear about what happened. You poor baby. And she just wraps you in an embrace and... Hey, just hey. is holding your head and when you look past her behind her you see quite a different sight because you see the super called power cycle and Doug you remember going to school with this this young girl she was a, a grade or two below you she was bright and smiling uh, she was in your history class but that girl that you're thinking of that was that was before the accident because standing in front of you now is this half human half machine hybrid and you just see this vr headset grafted to her skull and a mass of twisted metals that form into an arm and you hear whirring parts clinking clatter as she steps into the room and she places a a really heavy hand on your shoulder douglas this news is unfortunate wow i haven't are you guys here to help uh Thank you. Um, I, I mean, listen, we ain't got time for pleasantries. Look, look, and I kind of motioned to Mister, my grandpa, and I'm like, I think, I think Supros poisoned him. Uh, in fact, I know it. Uh, here's his cell phone that he left, his his insignia on it, and it's counting down. We only have three hours and fifty five minutes. Dougie, it's it's gonna be okay, okay? That that's plenty of time for Power Cycle to do her hacky thing, you know, with like the mainframe or whatever. Uh, here, here, hand me that. And she grabs the phone and hands it to Power Cycle, who holds on to it and appears to just calculate for a second, and then hands the phone back to you and says, "She is correct." 
I have sifted through thousands of leads, and I believe that I have narrowed the search down to the most probable location. Come along now, Douglas. We have bones to break. Yeah. Dad, are, are you going to come with? Uh, are you... Well, let's go. Let's figure this out. Hell yeah, I'm coming. I think he looks back at his grandpa one more time and, and kind of grabs his hand and squeezes it. And then um, and then turns to uh, to Power Cycle and, and the beam, Brittany, and his dad and says, mm-hmm. let's go get this fucker. And then slow-mo as y'all walk out of the room and you're... You're walking down the hospital and you go outside and parked very improperly in the very front of this hospital, which is a really bad idea when you're parking at a hospital. Don't park in the very front, especially whenever you drive basically a mobile home that is a jet plane. Uh, (laughs) It is bright, sparkly pink. It looks beautiful. It looks glorious. It shines and shimmers in the sunlight. Inconspicuous. Yeah, yeah, and you see a hatch door start to fold open and you step inside and when you do, you are just overwhelmed with the smell of Lysol and air fresheners and all of this stuff that is just making this, it's, it's almost kind of intoxicating, you know, like it's just, it's, right. it's really overwhelming and um, you just see Brittany, she's bouncing her way over to the control panel and power cycle walks up and her finger comes off and it plugs into this port and then you see like a GPS show up on the screen and it starts to move around the city and then it pins down on this one location which appears to be a large warehouse near the ocean yeah and then it goes into autopilot and you feel a humming in the space, not spaceship. Um, <laughs> you feel the aircraft uh, start to pick up and blast off. If you want to do anything here, a little bit of downtime. Yeah. Can you, can you, Cameron, tell me about uh, the beams, powers, and power cycles powers? I, I would imagine I know them. Yeah, you would know. Um, Brittany the Beam was super speed. That's why she was the Beam. All right, she was she was a legacy, right? She was super speed, regeneration, yes. phasing. Okay. Yeah. So she was she was a she was a legacy. I kind of imagined y'all were pretty tight. You know, she was on the cheerleading squad, and you were on the football team, so y'all yeah. knew each other really well. Um, probably partied pretty hard together. And, no, uh, no, no. Come on. No. <laughs> My dad's right there. Come on. She, she's like, oh my God, Douglas, I just like looking at your face. I just remember that one time you were like puking your brains out from all that vodka. Oh, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. Brittany. Now is not the time because my dad's right there for one. I know. I know it's not the time. We're not going to drink right now, but I mean, like maybe after we're done here later, we can like just, you know, throw down old time's sake. Yeah. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Your dad is just staring off into... The vast void of nothing in front <laughs> yeah. of him, just not even paying attention, and, um, yeah, and also, uh, power, power cycles. Her powers were technopathy, and she's just kind of got weapons built into her. Like she is just kind of a walking metal weapon. She's that. Uh, oh crap! 
from is it Darkwing Duck that that Power Duck? The Power Duck? Wasn't there like a the Dark Duck? No, like Dark Dark Duck. Robo Duck. <laughs> oh yeah 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 a Darkwing Duck robot. What was his name? Yeah, it. just kind of on one. Robo Duck. <laughs> it was just Robo Duck. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Heck yeah. Anyways, Gizmo Duck. Gizmo. Gizmo Duck. Gizmo. There it yeah, is. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So just imag- imagine female, not duck. Gizmo Duck. Yeah. Yeah. You are chilling on this spaceship. Man, airship. Um, plane. Yes. Mobile plane home. You are on this I just, aircraft. I just imagine the the Winnebago <laughs> from Spaceballs. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know Brittany has a lot better class than yeah. that. Yeah, oh, it's there's, bedazzled. There's a big old unicorn on the side with a laser beam. Record, record, record. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, I think uh, so. My dad's like when I when Brittany's talking about. Oh, remember when we used to drink all the time? That's so funny. Um, I noticed like I look at my dad thinking, oh crap, one more thing, and he, I just noticed that he's just out of it, um, and and rightfully so. And I think I turned back. And maybe Brittany's still kind of, yeah, remember that once, you know, just reliving all these things. And I, and I, I, Brittany, listen, Dio, both of you. Yeah. This. Yes. This is not a game. Okay. I know in school it was a lot of these, like, you know, these, these missions that we went to that sort of like get better and stuff like that. And it was, it was like a game. It was fun. It was nothing. There were no repercussions. This, this isn't that, um, this isn't. This is real. This is my grandpa. I, not even Mr. America. That's my grandpa in there. And he's poisoned. And we have, and he looks at the phone, three and a half hours to figure this out. Um, I'm not interested in, in comic book style endings to this. I, As far as I'm concerned, this ends today. I just want you to know that this, this isn't a fucking game. Not anymore. Not to me. Brittany looks like she was about to say something, but then she just pokes out her lower lip in such an insane way as she just gives you this really sad, almost puppy dog look, just kind of hearing you what you say. And I think that snaps her out of her her general bubbliness and power cycle steps forward Douglas we are no longer children as well while you have been gone so many travesties have befallen the city and we have stepped up so Douglas do not worry We do not take this lightly. We are with you. And you feel just this as the Winnebago (laughs) begins to slow down and you feel it just moving down, looking out of the window. You see it start to land um, and then the hatch door opens up and your dad is is right there he's right there ready to walk out and he steps out onto the ground and then you follow after your dad and your two friends follow behind you and you step onto you're 
the it it parked itself behind a building, so you have uh, a big warehouse in front of you. But peering off to the side, it's one more warehouse down that way. And your dad looks at you. Says, Son, listen. Um, yeah. I, I just I, I want you to know. You know I. I could have called any super in the city for this, but I trust you, and I know that we got this, and we got this together. Yeah. You call his shots. How do you want to do this? Oh, God, man. Part of me just wants to bust in the front door. Dougie? Yeah. Um. So, like, you know, I think that maybe, like, the best way to, like, do this would probably be if we like split up so if you know if you want to sneak in we'll go in through the front door cause a diversion vice versa versace whatever you're kind of feeling you know we'll we'll just do the opposite so like whatever you need us to do we got you that's that's a great idea Brittany. deal why don't you two sneak uh sneak around the back or find a different way in i'm, I'm i don't want you guys to get hurt We'll be okay. We can sort of try to bust our way in the front, and maybe we can, you know, meet meet inside. The, well, trust me, we we can cause a diversion so that you guys won't get caught. Sounds like a plan. Dad, you ready? Let's fucking do this. Say, say. I, before we go, I think I like, I pa- I like grab his shoulder. Grandpa did teach me a couple tricks that I just. I know you don't like it, but. I never let it go. And I just rip off the clothes that I'm wearing, and I do have my fucking super suit underneath. Let's fucking do this, Dad. Hey, Doug? Yeah? He's been teaching me long before you. Oh, And he no. rips off his yes! shirt, and he's wearing yeah! his superhero suit, and you just hear his knuckles crack as he just starts walking forward, and you're walking up to this warehouse, and Doug, your dad just walks into the door just without breaking his pace and it crumbles in front of him and you step into this warehouse yeah I think at this point I probably haven't really seen my dad in this superhero place you know he he, I think they gave up this life my mom and my dad when I was born so like I'm a little bit in awe I'm kind of I'm getting a little jacked up I was feeling pretty down before I think I'm I think I'm getting pretty excited. A little excited. Doug's feeling ready? I'm fucking ready. Yeah, your your dad bursts through and you walk in behind him and you enter into this large warehouse. And... It looks like there's just a bunch of shipping crates around and there's two floors to it, but it's the kind of um, like there's there's a walkway on the second floor just around the edge of the walls. But other than that, everything is just in this large open uh, warehouse. Okay, um, I think we walk in and I just follow my dad and then does he stop? What does he do? He does slow down a little bit as he starts to look, noticing that there are a lot of hidden spaces. 
around here with all of these crates. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say, oh, dad, hold on. And I kind of like, I stop him and I want to like, I'm closing my eyes and I want to unleash my powers and use my super senses to see if I can't detect anyone on this floor or the stairs or if there's anything like if there's a secret basement. Just I want to unleash, use my super senses to get a lay of the land a little bit. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do that. Right. Um, so unleash powers, correct? Uh, plus freak. Mm-hmm. That is a nine. Ooh, on a nine, um, you can choose to mark a condition or the effect is a little unstable. I will, I think I'll mark a condition of insecure because um, I'm not used to these powers yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when you go to do this, and this is the first real time that you've done it, you've been feeling it and you haven't really tested it out. But now that you do it, you you hesitate for a moment because it feels like there's someone right behind you. And then you turn and you see Shifty going in to punch you into the face. But because you're able to detect him, he sees you look at him when you turn around and he just kind of pulls his punch. Um, like he was just about to lay into the back of your head and he skitters back and you're just faced there right in front of him. And then I think in a blink of an eye, you're seeing his scared face and then all of a sudden your dad's right there and he just fucking lays into him <laughs> so hard, knocking his face off and his body just goes flying, crashing into a he crate, knocked his face off? the other side. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> Is that just what flying? Um, <laughs> boom. Holy so shit, he... yes. <laughs> Get him, Dad. Um, no, his body just crashes through one of the large shipping crates, and you see it come out the other side and slam into another crate, and you you can't totally see him because of just how far he went and what he went through, and... Whenever you walk forward to peer over there, you see a pile of wood, but he's not there anymore. Damn. Um, Dad, this this is the one that phases. We uh, back to back, and we kind of go back to back and looking around trying to find him. Hell yeah. Um, take a plus one on your next roll. I don't even know if that's a thing to do, but it sounds sure. right with sort of that that thinking to uh, prepare yourself for that and. Uh, yeah, what do you do? Uh, I think, again, I'm just trying to get a beat on the guy. Um, I'm trying to remember they, ha- she, they had a partner, they're, they're, and it was Shifty and I can't remember the other the other one um, that controlled metal. And I'm kind of, back in my head, I'm thinking there's there's got to be more. So I'm looking around, seeing if I see any metal moving or anything like that, uh, preparing myself for a different attack other than the shifting. In fact, I think I even say out to my dad, Dad, there's... There's more than one for sure. Uh, uh, metal m- manipulation. I'm, I'm, I'm positive of it. All right, I got you. And he's looking around, and because you alerted him of that, you see the when you look up, you see that metal railing above you for that second floor just <laughs> come crashing down to try and create a cage around both of you. But your dad just puts his hand up and he grabs it and as the metal is twisting he twists it right back in the opposite direction and 
just bends it and then he throws it out and you see it crash into the wall and it just bursts out and then a bit of light is coming in through the door and then you look up and you see that just crash through the ceiling and you look over standing right there in front of you about 10 feet is tied to a chair your grandfather what and he looks up at you Doug Doug untie me uh, what's going on uh Doug un- untie me please Dead, dead. There's Grandpa, and I, I, I rush off towards it. You go to rush towards him, and right as you get up to him, Doug, no, 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 no. And as this, your grandfather steps up, you see him move his hands to his side, and the rope just falls, and your grandfather smiles, and then it's like a veil is lifted as you see him shift and contort into an older man with a really bad haircut and a disgusting smile as he thrusts a knife directly at you. What the fuck? Can I react to that or do I get yeah. hit? Uh, I want to do it. Can I do a dodge? Yeah. I did a bad. That's a five with everything. Oof. So go ahead and mark a condition. A condition and potential. I'm afraid because that that got me. That was my grandpa. Now this isn't my grandpa, and that's a knife. Although I don't think I'm afraid of the knife. Or should I be? Doug, you should be. Because you feel that knife connect, and it's so strange because you look down at it almost with a smile, thinking, that's just going to bounce right off. My fucking abs are going to break that blade. And because that's happened, that's happened so many times when you have stopped small time thugs and bank robbers, right? Bullets just bounce off of your chest. But this knife with a glow just effortlessly slips into your side and you look down and just poking out of your abdomen is just the hilt of a dagger. And then you hear a crash as you see Power Cycle and Brittany the Beam come falling down from an air duct. <laughs> and they... <laughs> okay. And they look up at you. Dougie, so sorry. And then you... Brittany's face just completely changes from this happy ha-ha as she looks over and she's off in a different side. She sees someone and you see... Brittany just disappear as she uses her super speed to flash forward and then you see her standing atop one of the crates and she has a very familiar girl, the girl that was with Shifty, this metal bender. She has her in this um, just half Nelson hold. What do you do? Um, I think, I don't even think the knife has registered yet and I look down at it and I'm kind of like, what? the hell and I look up at this person um I think I just pull the knife out and I think the pain is coming in and I don't think I've obviously I haven't felt pain like this and I can't I don't think I've ever felt something like this before and I kind of stagger back a little bit but then I 
I think I just go and punch this guy. All right, yeah, give me a uh, directly engage a threat. Doing a lot of engaging the threat. Jesus. That's what Doug does best. That's only a four. Oh, God. Ooh, oh, beans. beans. Um, <laughs> mark a condition. You go forward to punch into this guy, and you look down at that knife. You saw the hilt. You look back up to go for a punch, and standing right in front of you, once again, is your grandfather. And he's in a hospital gown, and he's got an IV hooked up to him, and he's he's balancing himself with that IV and he just looks so weak. He looks so frail and he just looks at you and you, you can't, you can't punch him. You can't do anything. And then you feel your dad rush past you and just plant a fist right into your grandfather and you see him just collapse down onto the ground and looking down once again is now this this older man with a bad haircut uh, wearing just a black t-shirt with an S logo on it and he spits up a bit of blood and he's just laughing there on the floor yeah I think um, Doug is just he's not in the right frame of mind he got stabbed for the first time he's his grandpa his dad just punched his grandpa and but it's not his grandpa i think he like collapses he's i think he he says dad what's what's going what's going on who is that guy and he and he like falls to a knee and he like he, he rubs his eyes he's just everything's sort of blurry for him And then when your vision kind of starts to come back to you, you look around you and you're standing in a very pristine 200 foot ceiling courtroom. And you look down and your hands are shackled. And when you look up, you see that old man who was laying on the floor sitting in a judge's seat. And he claps down on the thing to get people to to quiet down this whole crowd when you turn back around and you look into the crowd you see Calvin and you see Chunk and your mom and your dad and your baby sister and Brittany and Power Cycle and all of these people that you've known um, they're just looking solemnly at you and the judge says Douglas Overman, it has come to my attention that recently you have beat a scared, lonely little girl within an inch of her life. What do you have to say for yourself, superhero? I think Doug is just looking around at the crowd, seeing all these people he knows. Like he's like shaking his head and blinking his eyes. He looks down at his shackles and he tries to just pull out of them and break them. Um, do they budge at all or? Give me. Uh, I'm gonna go with pierce the mask. Okay. 
Let me check if I have any minuses to that. No, I don't. Wow. Okay, that's a seven. I'm not rolling great. <laughs> On a seven, a mixed success, you try to break these shackles and you realize that whenever you break them, you pull out your arms and they shatter in an instant and they they don't seem to break. They just seem to dissipate. They just... The bits of metal just turn into bubbles that rise up into the ceiling and just pop and evaporate away. And when you look back down, you're wearing shackles again. And you get to ask one question from Pierce the Masks. Um, I, yeah, so the shackles reappear, and I think Doug is like sort of gaining his senses again. And maybe like when he looks out at the crowd, maybe like it phases a little bit, it shifts or something. He's sort of realizing that this is all sort of a mind game. And he looks over at who he now recognizes as Supros. Um, and he goes, what did you do to my grandpa? I have done to your grandfather what you have done to my daughter. That child, my child, was trying to reach out to me. And as far as I know, she never actually hurt anyone. And yet, you, the superhero, you felt it was your place to punch her into the ground, toss her in a box, and throw away the key. So you ask what I'm doing to your grandfather. And the answer is simple, really. I am taking him away from you, just as you have taken my daughter from me. Your, your daughter? Kylie? Of course. <laughs> of course. Following in your footsteps, huh? This is... This isn't real. I think he closes his eyes and looks down and, like, he squeezes his eyes and I think he's trying to break out of the illusion. Enough of your game, Supros. If you want to settle this, let's do it. Not in this... This... This crazy little mind game that you have here. Out there in the real world. Come on. Let's do it. I put your daughter away. No one else. Not my grandpa. Take it out on me, not him. I'd like to, I guess, provoke him to face me one-on-one. One-on-one duel. It's time to duel. That would be 2d6 plus your superior. Oh, nice. That is a seven. Superior, yes. I do not have a minus. Awesome. Seven. All right. On a mixed success, I get to choose one from the list. And I think what happens here is they overreact and you gain influence over Ooh. them. As you see Supro in this judge's chair start to grow and grow until he is filling up the room and he reaches down and he just plucks you up out of the chair that you're sitting in and he holds you up to his face. Very well, Douglas. And all of a sudden, you're standing back in this warehouse, and this man is 
standing up and you look over and you see your dad. He's actually, his eyes are glazed over and his bottom lip is just quivering. And you can assess that he is in some sort of hellscape himself. And you look back and this guy just goes in for another stab directly to at you. Um, and uh, yeah, once again, it plants right into your chest a little bit higher closer to your lungs so you feel this just (gasps) the breath is just taken out of you uh can i okay so he stabbed me i got a stab um i'm gonna grab his arm and i'm gonna grab his throat and i'm gonna hit him right in the fucking face with an eye beam all right that would be that would be unleash your powers oh god um do I? Oh, I have influence. Do I get a plus one against him? Yep. <sighs> That's a ten I rolled. But I have a minus two because I'm hopeless. Um, so that's an eight. Mixed success. So with an eight on unleash your powers, um, mark another condition. Oh, but you definitely angry. Yes. You grab him and pull him in closer and your eyes just glow red hot and just pure energy is just pulsing out of you right now and when it starts to die back down you see Supro laying about 30 feet away from you and he has his hands over his face and he's just screaming and you see that it looks like his face is just melting. (laughs) And then you hear your dad snap out of it. Doug, Doug, where are you? Where are you? And then he sees you and he looks over and sees Supro just still screaming, just the most shrill scream. What do you do? Cameron. Yeah. I'm insecure. I'm hopeless. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid and I'm angry. I don't even think I hear my dad. I think I still have the knife in my chest. I think my eyes are still just burning red. Bits of his face just fall off and you feel just red hot flesh touch against your skin and it cools and it just releases this disgusting burning smell you've never smelled anything like it and he continues to scream uh doug is holding him up uh this skin's falling off it's gross but i think his eyes are just there you don't even see eyes it's just red energy and it's like sparking off I think uh, he's got him just sort of by the cuff of the shirt up above. I think Doug is just, through gritted teeth, just, it was you and your family and your mistakes that got you here, not mine. We're protecting the people, okay, from people like you. And you're just going to come after us because you fucked up and your family's fucked up. Well, nah, nah, I'm not interested. This, (laughs) this is... This is unforgivable. And I think he tosses him up in the air in front of him and then just rear back, rears back and then just blasts just, just the biggest eye beam energy 
fucking Cyclops beam that he can right at his face again. So much so that I think he, like, it actually pushes Doug back a little bit. So you toss Supro into the air. And then you unleash that energy and bits of energy is just arcing off of you. You feel the crates nearby you just shatter. And you hear your dad scream out something, but you can't even hear it as you just see pure red. And when it dies down and you open your eyes, you see that you blasted just the ceiling completely out and it's crumbling around you and you see up in the air a twisted contorted melted ball of clothing (laughs) just I'm shaking a little bit float down and it lands right in front of you and it's just a pile of nothing I think I don't think I know Doug like as this is flying down he's looking at it his, he's, he's heaving he's breathing really heavily and as it starts to float down the, the, his, you know, the energy in his face and eyes starts to dim and as it lands on the floor his eyes come back and he's just looking at it and that sort of angry rage filled face it it dies down and he like snaps to he kind of shakes his head a little bit blinks looks at the clothes and and he just what what did I just do and he falls to his hands and knees and he just starts sobbing you are just lost in yourself and you don't know how long you've just been staring at this pile this insignificant pile of nothing and then off to the side you just hear please 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 don't kill me please don't kill me please 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 and when you look over you see power cycle has her hands extended and there is this energetic field around Shifty and he is just bashing against it. You can see him starting to shift and waver but then he forms right back into himself and he's right there and in front of him is your dad with a dark look about him Listen, you, you're going to tell me about the fucking antidote or that's going to happen to you too. So get to talking. I, the, look, I'm, I'm, I'm real sorry, but there's, there's, there's no, there's no antidote. There's nothing. It was, it was, it, it, it was just part of the game. Uh, there's, there's no countdown. There's no timer. There's no antidote. There's nothing. There's, there's nothing that can be done. Uh, Please don't, please don't kill me. I, I, I just, I just work for the guy. All right. I'm, I'm just a low level, just a low level guy. And listen, Doug, 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 Doug. Hey, 
Hey, you remember back at the school? Um, I, I, I tried to talk to you. I, 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 I tried to reason with you, uh, because because I'm not, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I, I just, I'm not bad. Please don't kill me. Please. What do you mean? There's there's no antidote. It, it, the it, it was all for nothing. There's nothing we can do, or there's nothing wrong with him. There's. Look, kid, I'm real sorry, but that's that's what it is. There's no antidote. There's. And he recoils from you. Because there's nothing you can do. Please, please don't kill me. All right, I won't. I won't do anything again. I'll go. I'll go easy. I'll go. Just cuff me, and I'll. I'll go. I'll go to jail. I'll go forever. Please don't kill me. I'm. I'm sorry. I. I, I really am, kid. I really am. I think Doug looks up at his dad. That we. If that's true. We gotta get back. There's not a lot of time. Your dad just starts punching against this electronic barrier just wailing into it and every time he punches it you see it pull apart and then it forms back together and he just keeps ripping into it and then his punches just start slowing down and then he's no longer punching and he looks at you yeah you're right let's Let's get going, uh, you kids, uh, you, you got this, you got this under control? Yeah, Mr. Overman, like, we, we totally got it, don't worry, like, we got it, go, okay, just go. And then your dad looks at you, just like he did a few hours ago, and he just blasts off through this hole that you tore through the warehouse. I think uh, Doug watched some blast off. He looks over at Brittany and Dio, or the beam and uh, power cycle. Then he looks at Shifty in the field, and he just says, this is the end, right? I don't ever want to see you again. You're, ne you're never going to see me again, I promise. I promise. I think he just looks at him for a while. Looks over at the uh, at t at the two, Brittany and Dio, and just gives a slight nod. Puts his hand on his both of his fucking stab wounds and then he blasts off. Doug, once again you land just a little bit behind your dad and he stops and he waits for you and he just places an arm around your shoulder and you two start walking into the hospital and once again you get into the elevator and you're walking by these rooms on the third floor seeing all of these sick people and then you see the rubble from the hole that you burst through 
And when you walk into the room, you see the gadgeteer, who is this 16-foot, insanely tall alien man. And he's in his traditional superhero suit. And you see he has his his helmet off. And you don't normally see him with his helmet off. Uh, he, he has these large fly-like eyes with just millions of little tiny hexagons. And he sees you two walk in and he's standing over Mr. America, who, like, the gadgeteer is his partner. And it's really hard to read an alien facial expression um but I think the mood in the room just kind of says it all um he extends one of his enormous hands and he uh places it places it on you and and, and pulls you in uh and you're standing over your grandfather uh Doug takes his hand Mr. America's and uh, again, once again, he sort of kneels down next to the bed, and he uh, holds his hand, and he just starts crying again. He's just saying under his breath, "Just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Grandpa. I couldn't do it. I'm so sorry. But it, w- it won't happen to anyone else. I promise you that." And then you hear some footsteps because at the edge of the door is your mother and your baby sister and your sister just looks confused and she's small enough that she can just walk up to the bed and just kind of crawl up onto it and your mom just runs over to your dad and they just get into an embrace and then your mom pulls away and she looks at you and she looks at your grandfather and you see a look on your mom's face one of resolve and concentration and Doug it's the same look that she gets when you've seen her use her psychic powers and your mom she reaches out to grab your hand as well and now holding both of you you feel your eyes flutter and then you're just overwhelmed with this sense that you're falling backwards you don't hit the ground because you blink and you look around and you're standing in Mr. America's superhero treehouse. <laughs> And he is 
you can see your grandfather sitting in his car and he's looking over at you. I I walk over uh, to the car and I, I get in. You open the door and you have ridden in this car many times with your grandfather when you were a kid. He would take you from for joy rides and it was always a good time. You know, he he could he could turn on the engine and I think uh I think actually what he does, he um says here, uh, hey bud, you uh wanna go get some ice cream like we used to? Yeah, yeah I do, grandpa. Yeah, I do. And you see the base open up and he starts driving out and he, he always loved to do this thing where he would grab onto the wheel and say, all right, we're, we're taking off now in five, four, three, two, one. And then he would punch a button and you would just feel the car leave the ground and fly through the sky and he would bob and weave through the high buildings and just do completely irrational things um, <laughs> with with the with a young boy sitting in the passenger seat yeah and uh, and he starts to fade down and you feel your uh, you see that you pull up to this uh this ice cream place. What does this place look like? What's it called? It's called the Rusty Scoop. It is a classic sort of like throwback 50s, 60s style um, diner. Milkshakes and malts are sort of the go-to item. Um, when you pull up, there's waitresses and waiters on roller skates that bring you, that come to your car and stuff like that. It's a real one of those sort of like throwback diners that they really really try to um, really mimic the time um. mm-hmm. yeah and this this is his time you know yeah he, he loves this this girl skates up and he hey darling uh, I'll, I'll take the usual and she knows so she skates off I think Doug has just sort of been staring at his grandpa this whole time. I think obviously he knows what's going on. Uh, I think finally he he says, uh, "I'm sorry, Grandpa. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I wasn't able to save you." Let, let me stop you right there. None of this is your fault, you know. And then the, the waitress pulls up and he hands you your usual and he takes his chocolate malt and he plays it because those malts are real thick, just the way he likes them. And he gets that ah, damn fine milkshake. But anyway, Doug, no. All right, it's it's not your fault. And I mean that, bud. You know, I don't show it because I've, I've got an image to keep up. You know that. And 
stuff like this, it, it, it weighs on me too. I, I can't tell you how many people I, I could have saved, how many situations I lay down and I, and I replay over and over in my head. And every time it's, it's still the same, but you know, there's, there's nothing you can do. So don't, don't blame yourself for this. And then he takes another big sip of his malt. I think Doug just like, he's staring at it, at, at his grandpa and just tears are sort of welling in his eyes. And, and finally, like just, just a single stream falls on his right cheek. And he just literally drops his milkshake and, and sort of like goes over the seat and just gives his grandpa the biggest hug that he can. And he just starts sobbing. And he says, Grandpa, I thank you for not giving up on me. Um, thanks for helping me control my powers. Thank you for teaching me how to be a hero. I may not have done a good job today, but I promise I will continue uh, my training, Grandpa. I I won't let this happen again. I'm not going to lose someone I love again. Doug, you're going to do just fine. And then Mr. America takes one last big sip and he finishes off his malt. Then he looks right at you, Doug. Just remember, don't ever run from danger. Us Overmans, we rush into it. 